Hello fellow scholars in the making I'm Keshav and I really like the sound of my own voice Hey I'm Ram I'm the funny one Hi I'm Ram and I'm the chosen one Hello I'm Sabya Sachi and I'm the babysitter Bonjour I'm Arya and I'm James Franco pretentious Hi I'm Deva and I don't know who I am So welcome to Think Aloud an initiative by me and these amazing bunch of individuals Uh hello everybody welcome to episode 4 where we are talking about the education system in today's episode i'm your host keshav garotia and let's start with the first major question we hear everybody complaining about the education system all the time but i think for the purpose of discussion we really need to narrow down what is the exact problem with it uh arya would you like to start us off with it so the vocab definition of education is process of receiving or giving systematic instruction especially at school or university obviously it is not limited to it and so today we'll just keep on expanding on it diva uh, do you have anything to add i think that the way we view education in the current era is not what it is not to be adapting to the current business environment our our world is falling into wherein in schools we are appreciating people who follow orders and who are given who are doing the given task without questioning or applying a different idea to it we it should not be encouraged anymore because it is basically dumbing us down i feel like the education system in india is very um, biased as well and that really affects the way people perceive education because of the bias involved what do you mean bias bias towards a particular belief and and different scenarios it depends on the belief like uh remember the story i told you about in one of the indian textbooks hindi textbooks yes issued by the state government yes the yes. bread story and the race thing yeah that's one example well yes something that i think uh, that's a big problem with the education system is that what we lack today is that we lack giving people the ability to uh understand the logic or the process of uh how something that you're learning came about so we don't really understand the depths or nuances of anything we just try to understand it from a superficial level right right i always felt that to me uh, the education system in india uh, let's take india as a case study over here uh we have always been limited by uh the factors around us uh in india the major problem that we face is normally quota system and the uh, caste system and how they are using different kind of excuses to uh not give proper education or not provide proper, proper education and facilities to everybody so that is one of the major issues i feel the education system is facing nowadays simply by uh not providing enough opportunities and uh, not only that uh, the second problem that we are facing ra- nowadays is that uh, there is not enough scope for people to think for themselves and uh, <clears throat> you know uh, start 
thinking innovatively imaginatively things that we require in the world nowadays the time of industrial revolution is long gone right because that is a time when people needed to be like factory workers they need to need to not question their orders they needed to, to just rote learn how the how the machines worked and do the work themselves nowadays we need an innovation for our economy to keep boosting forward for new ideas to enter and provide us with more clarity so i feel that's where the indian indian as well as a lot of the entire world's education system is lacking as a whole i think it's uh, ironic in a way because earlier we wanted labor that's like machines and now we are afraid that machines will become labor i mean in a wider sense we still want people who can do a monotonous task for a long period of time without questioning it it is still quite evident but at the same time we are trying to worship this concept of being intelligent or being unique it is self contradicting in its own way also if if i may add over here uh, there is this specific article that i want to refer to as well the article number 45 in the indian constitution so it basically states that the state shall endeavor to provide with within a period of 10 years from the commencement of this constitution for free and compulsory education for all children until they complete the age of 14 years now since we have seen that uh, there's like a positive hope for life right because every uh, there is the mortality rate and the ch- uh, child uh, child survival rate has increased as well but the problem is that the quality of education has dropped severely so that is one of the issues even if the state does try to provide uh, education of course it's not free but if even if it does try to provide education it still does not provide the opportunities that is required to all the students i think when you talk about the quality of education first we have to determine what the objective of an education system is and then based on that we can determine what are the things which it requires to be of a higher or a lower quality relative to whether it's uh, achieving that objective so what do you think is an objective of an education system what should it aspire to do you know so we discuss the problems a uh, basic problem is we are focusing too much on rote memory and uh, a very superficial basic understanding of certain topics we should delve into more uh, deeper thinking about these topics and how we analyze it and why the things work i guess that is one step we can take the current problem with our education system is we are not trying to impart a person with the pursuit of curiosity or pursuit of knowledge we are trying to impart them with enhancing their short term memory and vomiting the same shit the next day for a stupid exam and i also feel like because of so many because of the world population increasing and job opportunities not being that high comparatively there's also a lot of competition in educative system where everyone's trying to be the, the top one percentile or the top 10 percentile so they can go for good colleges and try to apply for scholarships uh so what i feel is that the education system the main goal is that it should be able to prepare someone to uh function all the roles that they would need to function in society i think that is the reason why we think and beyond that uh you know someone who is interested in uh, learning and thinking and doing things which are uh, far above the capacity of the average uh, 
average population, I think the, the education system is, should not be built in order to serve those specific people. Because those people, they are people who enjoy the pursuit of knowledge and they would naturally engage in uh, such activities which would give them more knowledge and experience and learning. The education system has to primarily focus on uh, preparing the mass general population for any function that they have to do in life. And how do you feel it is faring in that so far? I mean, we are not taught to do our taxes when we are in school, so we can all see how that is going. I mean, at least here in India, we are doing a terrible job at that. I mean, it's not just that. So, education is functions as a basis of any society. Being it increases the people's ability to think and therefore somehow correlating to the success, economic success and the developmental success of the country itself. Correct. And unfortunately enough, this process has slowed down to a certain level wherein in India, at least in India, I'm not sure about other countries, but if you're rich, only then would you be able to get proper education. If you're poor, it's very difficult for you to come out of that loop by the, whole, by the help of education. And that is one of the reasons why our income mobility is so low. Because people who are rich keep getting richer and people who are poor, they don't really have access to that kind of education, so they are not able to social climb. And that's the thing, right? India is one of the highest producers of engineers and doctors. But sadly enough, all the engineers we have in India are not qualified to even pass five or six lines of working code. That's a sad state. And even when we look at the other side of the world in America, uh, more specifically the United States, uh, we see the huge student loan crisis that's completely hitting the country, where student loans are up. The student loan debt in total is up to almost 1.3 trillion dollars, and that's really shocking because it accounts for almost 30 percent of the United States population. One other thing that's also happened is that they've made uh, so they made loans easily accessible. And the universities also increase the prices simultaneously. So, you know, because loans are accessible, they found it possible to increase the prices. And the earlier system was that if you do get a college degree, there's a very good chance that you'll get a job. But then universities started rolling out courses that don't necessarily guarantee you a job, like getting a degree in, I don't know, women's studies, that does not guarantee you a job, but people do get those kind of degrees. So you know, that has compounded the problem. What I see it to be is, it's, it's like a wicked cycle, you know, it's like a vicious, wicked cycle that most of the governments are facing right now. The student enters the school and the parents, they can't financially support them because they don't have the qualifications or uh, the enough amount of money to support them. So they go to the banks, they get the money. And in fact, uh, as uh, Keshav and Malhar just stated right now, how they are uh, the students are immediately burdened with a huge amount of student loans. It's fair enough, they pass through college and they get their degree, but they are immediately burdened with a lot of student loan to pay off, which at least takes up, uh, takes up about five to six years of their life. So that's like five to six years of uh, prime time when they, they could be uh, saving their money and actually be uh, helping themselves grow. Uh, right over here, then it begins again. 
they are uh, because of student loans they are not able to get higher higher degrees or they are not able to pursue their passions um, thus it begins again where they don't have enough qualifications and their children and so on and so on it's it's very it's like a toxic cycle that's been sieging the world nowadays i feel and the thing about education is right we are correlating that okay fine so if you are educated with a specific degree from a prestigious college you are more likely to be successful in life that's how we have termed definition uh, the definition of education in the current era which is not right i mean in my opinion education should not be looked as something you could use as a tool to get a job only a job it could it should be looked as a tool for probably engaging yourself in much higher discussions and contributing to society in a positive manner so and yes. i feel like the biggest parameter in um, how education is justified or how good you are at learning is through your um, abilities in short term memory the rote learning part being able to produce answers of something you can learn and memorize immediately and it also leads people to forget about it later on as they don't consider it important and they don't look at the overall intelligence of the person and instead just look at their short term learning abilities that's also another drawback of the current education system uh what i believe is one of the things that we're all getting at here is because uh, the purpose of education has become to find a job we are also testing it in a way in which we're testing something which is superficial and we're testing something which is limited to okay uh, you're going to be asked questions which will come from this uh, certain amount of portion that you've been given and you need to study this much and you'll be asked questions from this much thereby we are incentivized to only focus on studying that part not focusing on anything beyond that which is why we don't focus on learning anything at a deeper level and i the whole thing here that has happened is because of the end goal and because of the way that we are testing it and we are using the results of that test we have uh, created a culture which does not inspire a student or does not incentivize a student at all to actually want to learn or have a desire to learn and this is the biggest problem uh, do you guys agree absolutely education has become a necessity instead of something that people want to pursue it's more like a forceful thing like when we're 6 years old our parents don't ask us do you want to study no they just put us in school it is a necessity for how society should work in my opinion at least it is very important for you to be knowing how you should be functioning in a society now the problem is how they are viewing education right now in the current era they are looking at it as a tool to be getting a job probably since the time the revolution the industrial revolution started which was great for that time but it's obviously changed right now so we need to implement changes okay uh, how do you believe that we should uh, change the system now what are some key things that should be changed 
So I was reading this one report uh, in which Elon Musk started a new school for his own son. In that school, basically, he's teaching stuff like coding, languages, maths, and uh, ethics. Like this is the only, these are the only subjects in his school. And if you want to learn something more, you can apply for it after a certain age, which I think makes perfect sense because it's giving you the overview of how you should be functioning in a society and how, given the environment is going to change to a more virtual-based and AI-based one, it will guarantee you success to a certain level as well. Now that's also an interesting point because uh, we see that uh, some of the things that uh, we are being that Elon Musk is teaching his son. uh so we see that the rich people or the people with privilege they are focusing a lot on providing an environment that uh, allows their successors to be able to uh, also you know uh, learn the necessary skills that will make them uh, more capable of functioning a good role in society and being able to create wealth and maintain wealth or propagate their wealth and so because of this uh that some of those things which the people with privilege get do you think that it's also possible that they might be preventing it from uh trickling down i mean i think it is completely possible because as i said before we are even right now even if we are going through a complete uh, computerization and digital, digitalization of all the content we are viewing or all the things we are doing right now you still need people to not be questioning and doing whatever they are told to do so that's the thing right education is very classist if you are privileged if you are rich and if you have the means to achieve if you have the means and the contacts to do something you can very easily get a top level education and get a good paying job but if you are not that privileged and you are stuck in a specific economic status it's very difficult for you to come out of it another thing i have noticed in the education system is the fact that um, a lot of colleges and institutes take bribes in the name of donation for entrances into colleges you know this will be a like 360 degree change for businesses i don't think it is possible at this point the major flaw is we we filter the students you know like for example jail the biggest exam not biggest i guess but uh, you know what jail does so it means you your efficiency is tested and in advance the quality of your knowledge is tested so all those like genius half is just filtered to iits rest is just you know through thrown away to the state uh, government so what state government does is state governments are fucked up everywhere so what state government does is they just take all the students and just mash them into Uh, any university they like this filtering system is really stupid and those middle part if they are rich they just go into private universities and if they are not again you are back to state level i feel that even if you give a student from a rich background and a student from a poor background the same qualitative education both of their purposes of learning will be very different the a uh, person from a poor background will be looking to get a job get a stable income and uh, you know looking for sustenance whereas the rich guy may look for uh, higher learning uh, understanding the world more more you know, traveling 
yeah so i feel even if you give the if uh, give both of them the same education they will still have very different outlooks on life see the purpose of education is to be increasing or improving your style of living or your spending spending capacity or whatever you can term it as i don't and exactly what that's how it is viewed out in the current days like okay, if you have yes. a good degree from a good college your spending spending capacity would increase because it's assumed that you'll get a good job and i don't know man this is this is that's the thing right so even if the objective objectivity of every person would be different but how education in general should be portrayed as is not as some not it shouldn't be like this it should be as it's an opportunity for you to grow yourself well uh... yeah but for the person from a poor background the priority is not to grow himself or learn more about the world it's to get a job get a stable income so you need to change the system right yeah well what is the uh, criteria f- to determine uh, who gets a job what is the criteria for testing these are also the m- things that need to be changed we're not talking about just changing the syllabus or just changing the style of teaching we need to overhaul the whole system which is very difficult to implement well of course it's difficult but you know if you want to do something on such a huge scale anything is going to be difficult in uh, the execution part the problem in at least in india is even if we come up with excellent plans like the nabar or the demonetization or whatever it is implementation is the only thing we fail in even if the plan is great other you come up with an extremely drastic say a plan for revolutionizing the entire education system it's still going to get fucked up because because of so many existing factors like corruption casteism discrimination wagera 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 well it does does uh, you know get uh, really watered down and become something which it wasn't supposed to be uh, when you know it achieves its fruition and uh, comes to the end of the execution but at least you end up with something which is maybe slightly better than what was there before not as good as something that was envisioned and so you've got some room to grow there and then again so you have to keep on improving it step by step that happened in delhi now so the government colleges have gotten extremely well yeah. they are providing with excellent facilities the quality of education has grown the ex- the budget for education in delhi has grown tremendously true uh so we we mentioned previously that you know these are some of the problems which are really prominent in india which leads me to believe that we all might have some uh, other place in our minds which we might be comparing the indian education system to uh, so where do you think education was done right alternative approaches to education so i think one of the few countries we can take into account for having a great education system would be japan finland italy and a few other european countries so the thing about japan is that they will not be having exams for people who are stu- for stu- students and children who are studying till the, the fourth or the fifth grade they'll just be focusing on their core abilities like languages their art skills their creativity physical education and etc and after that point 
given how the student is able to perform and retain information they'll be segregated into different classrooms and they'll be challenged upon whatever abilities they already have i i've also found the education system in finland very interesting i believe malha we were talking about it just the other day uh what was it that you were saying about finland right so in finland they have they don't have a concept of homework whatever learning is there it's there in the class itself so they don't give extra assignments after school because they believe that there should be a good balance between fun and education and they also try to elaborate a way to make education fun in a sense that students are gaining knowledge and not rote learning a textbook and the interactive uh, education with a properly time schedule where the education and the studies is not too much is uh, something that enables the students to learn more and enjoy life and it's all studies have also shown that students from finland compete and do better in the exams and tests compared to students all I over the world because the, of that creative method of right yeah, they don't have to rote learn because they learn so well that they're able to produce that in any question even if it's a question that is derivative or it's a direct question and uh, i think a lot of the european uh, teaching schools of thought they built around this concept of uh, first of all uh, accessible quality education to everyone but when people are actually learning they focus on whether uh, so you know we're talking about this the other day that what we learn can be divided very easily into concepts and facts and concepts of th- are things that you're supposed to understand and facts are things that you're supposed to memorize and what we do in india here when we are rote learning is that we are mixing both of them and we're just trying to mug up whatever shit is there in our textbook but when you divide it and the teachers actually understand what they're teaching and the students actually understand what they're learning so you understand the concept you understand uh the the whole uh the whole concept you understand the whole concept and uh because of that even if you forget some of the uh, little factoids uh, so for example when you're understanding about how the heart functions you know uh, how the blood goes from different chambers and how it circulates inside the whole body even if you forget the name of the exact nerves or veins or the exact name of the uh, different parts of the heart that doesn't matter because those are factoids and you can look them up any time but if you forget concepts then that's a problem so i believe because of they have that kind of differentiation learning itself becomes so much more easier okay another point i would like to add is that european countries have a very less population the population of maharashtra state in india is twice the population of europe <laughs> and when we look at that because europe has less population and more resources and more wealth they are able to allocate these resources Obviously. better yes well in india because of the overpopulation and teachers not being paid in certain government schools and everything it becomes a challenge for the teachers to also show an initiative and incentive to provide the children the uh, qualitative education look yes governing a small country with a less population is obviously easier and they're able to do certain things better and while we can acknowledge that okay you know it's easier for them to do that that doesn't mean that we have to stop and not aspire to become like that because what they're doing is they're doing it right they don't have standardized testing in finland uh they don't 
so they try to create an environment where learning is encouraged. You can easily switch streams or you can choose and select your topics flexibly. The learnings are rather than being super specialized, they are more generic and they prepare the students for life and to easily choose whatever field they want to at any stage. So these kind of things, these are what we want to aspire our education system to be like. In Japan as well, there is this thing where they teach the students morals and ethics and they try to inculcate it in them before actually beginning the primary education. Right, morals and ethics are part of the Japanese culture, like the base of Japanese culture. So it's something that's taught to all Japanese and it's more cultural than education-wise. Right, right. Another thing I would like to mention is that the competitive nature we see in India because of the overpopulation seen in other overpopulated countries in the Southeast Asian region as well, like China, as someone previously mentioned. I believe because you have such a large amount of population and uh, the number of top-level opportunities that are there are so minimum that, you know, you have to filter people and only a very, very small percentage can actually get uh, into those places that are opened up or those opportunities that are available at the top of the hierarchy. So, naturally, you form a very, very... Also, I missed out another big point. Uh, in Finland and other countries, they try to keep this uh, faculty-to-student ratio below 1 is to 10, or sometimes even 1 is to 7, while in India, sometimes we see almost 80 children classed into one classroom, taught by one teacher. Yeah. Yeah, so I heard most of the positives you're uh, talking about uh, in these various modern school systems all over the world. And we don't even need to look that far. When we uh, had this Gurukul system back in the day before the Britishers came, so as Malar said, it, uh, it had a very low student-to-teacher ratio because the uh, students or the shishyas would, would come to the Guru and then um, the subjects thought were also based on uh, metaphysics, philosophy, uh, subjects that require uh, us to think more, analyze it. And uh, I feel that if we can uh, not exactly duplicate it, but uh, modernize it in a way that is suitable to our, our times, it will be a very uh, good alternative to what we have right now. One of the salient features of uh, the Gurukul system though was that they believed that separating students from the environment of their home or putting them into an environment which is not as comfortable would actually uh, make them would be a more learning conducive atmosphere. What are your thoughts about that? I completely agree with you and also uh, the Shishyas had to devote their lives to the Guru. There were several other problems with the previous Gurukul systems, like there, were, there was no and female participation. If you guys have actually read up into it. And it's not just the that. Gurus like, used to treat the students like slaves for some time. Like they used to make them, you treat, uh, treat them like labors. And imagine child labors, you washing your Guru's clothes, you making him food and everything at an age of 11 or 12. So, I really don't understand how you're trying to modernize that system in our current way. If you could elaborate on that, Ram. What I feel to me is that uh, the entire concept that Malhar just stated over here about 
the students washing the guru's clothes and the utensils and everything like that it's actually a very humbling experience if you actually go through it i've been through it myself and let me tell you it's actually a very humbling experience and considering how uppity the now uh, uppity the students and the people are nowadays it's actually very essential in our current society so what i feel right i do not support the gurukul system for multiple reasons one of them being that in the gurukul system you're supposed to be worshiping your teacher as in doesn't matter what he says if it's right if it's wrong if it has logical fallacies if it has no moral standpoint you are supposed to agree to it and you should not you shouldn't question it and you're supposed to be in depth to your guru for whatever he's done for you so far which that is and true. in the current society when i mean i i don't respect a teacher till the point that teacher respects that the teacher earns its own respect that's how it works these days very true but we can agree that there are both merits and demerits to both the education system that we are facing nowadays so something of a proper merge would be beneficial for us nowadays see what you have to see is that the gurukul education system however it was it was built in a way and it actually produced the results that were expected of it and it was successful which is the reason why uh, the nalanda university was uh nalanda nalanda and tshila university were the most popular and biggest universities in the whole world so there was reason because it worked and uh even though it was something which was uh you cannot you cannot compare uh things that happened in the past with the moral or ethical uh you know uh, structures of today maybe a few certain characteristics of the gurukul system can be incorporated like I love the nature learning where you the classroom is the nature where you sit among trees and study and I also love the one on one interaction between the teacher and the student and it's not just academic learning that is taught in uh, gurukul right they teach you all kinds of arts crafts skills hunting horse riding if i may just like interject over here i would probably uh... like to explain the entire concept of uh, the brahmacharya or the gurukul system to all the viewers the brahmacharya was it kind of like basically represented the bachelor student stage of the life so it is focused on education and the practice of celibacy right so the students would go to the gurukul and they would live with the guru and they would acquire knowledge of science philosophy scriptures and logic and practicing self discipline and working to earn the dakshana that was a donation that had to be paid to the guru and <clears throat> basically learning to live a life of dharma a dharmic life that is righteousness morals and duties so for achieving the complete education away the students needed to pass the toughest of hurdles given by the teachers so the and the interesting thing is that these all all these tests they were of moral character so the teachers of ancient india didn't bestow knowledge to anybody or like exactly they didn't bestow knowledge to everyone so it was more like they used to believe that only a person with proper morality could be a beholder of knowledge so that was the reason why they would test the discipline to judge the level of their wish to learn so just like the points we stated earlier about people having the will to learn and it's reflected right over here right so 
and after that they would go to a samavartana ceremony that's basically the point where the student would give the dakshana it actually meant quite a lot at that time so uh, it was like a turning point in their life so it was a very interesting factor this entire gurukul system so if we were to kind of <clears throat> if, as agreed by everyone over here uh keshav in fact did state about the gender disparity that we are all facing right now. If, if if there was just like a proper merge of the previous times and the no- modern times it would be very beautiful thank you for that explanation and you did in fact make it short uh you're welcome <laughs> so i think we've discussed some uh, really valid points today and i think uh, it's something which creates a scope for a lot of interesting discussion we've observed in the previous few episodes we've not had that much activity in the comment section and i would really like to uh you know pers- persuade you guys to see if it's possible that you could share your thoughts and opinions about the education system about indian education system about any other education systems in other countries or any of your thoughts about anything that we've discussed today uh, think aloud over and out